What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are live, and for real this time. I was actually just talking backstage to myself for about three or four minutes because I failed to configure the show properly, but now we're actually live. So, today's the big day that Arizona is going to certify the most botched election in American history, despite the fact that there's all the evidence in the world that they've broken the law and their constituents are pissed off. They're going to certify anyway because that's what criminals do. Uh, So, with that said, it's very appropriate that most of the news we're going to cover today relates to Arizona. we got a pretty big bombshell here. Uh, The Gateway Pundit's Joe Hoft claims to have proof that there were 70,000 fake votes injected into the 2022 midterms. And it's not clear what state we're talking about here, but he kind of gives us a hint that it's probably Arizona. We're also going to talk about Katie Hobbs now trying to have the Cochise Board of Supervisors arrested despite the fact that they complied with the court order to certify under duress. And we're going to talk about Josh Barnett's legal challenge to the certification of the midterms. We're going to talk about all this. But first, let's hear from the sponsor of this video, Gold Co. Guys, listen, the last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%, the U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet, while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation? That's why I want you to visit nicklovesgold.com, because when you do... You'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, you could get up to $10,000 in free silver just for doing it. This is a rare opportunity, so don't miss what could be your best opportunity to protect your retirement savings. Visit nicklovesgold.com. That's nicklovesgold.com. Okay, so check this out. Yesterday we did a live stream, and we talked all about Katie Hobbs' collusion with Twitter and the DHS and CISA to subvert the First Amendment and silence her political opposition, right? And during our coverage of that story, we happened to come across a little uh, bit of a bombshell from the Gateway Pundit. Okay, so let's let's pull up that article. If you missed yesterday's show, you don't know what I'm talking about. So let's pull up the article so we're all on the same page here. So the Gateway Pundit tucked just just tucked away into this article said, Soon we will hear about how 70,000 fraudulent ballots were sent out before election day and didn't elaborate whatsoever in this article. So this was this is like a pretty big deal, right? Um and and it's kind of a tease for what's yet to come. They they claim to have evidence that there were 70,000 fraudulent ballots sent out before election day and assuming injected into the 2022 midterms. Now I had a lot of people comment on the live stream yesterday asking me to elaborate on that, and uh, I wasn't able to because I I didn't have any more details than that. But it just so happens that Joe Hoft was on the Mel K show uh, yesterday and dropped some bombshells and specifics regarding these 70,000 fraudulent ballots. So I pulled a clip from that live stream, and I want to play that for you guys so that you can hear the details on this. So I'm going to play that now. That's that's what's going on. But here's what happened yesterday. This 
big news right. drop that we had yesterday. Is we, we were introduced to this one guy in group a while ago, and we talked to him yesterday. And I guys. guess I can mention his so name Jay Valentine. He's out of Wisconsin. And he started so looking at the voter now. rolls. And with that's, a that's purpose, like, uh, to, and 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 after looking at Eric, great. there's been a lot yeah, out there about this right. system. It's about yeah. 31 yeah. states yeah. down. Yeah. It's yeah. corrupt yeah. as can be. They, it's yeah. really they just keep throwing names in it. They never take names out, and yeah. uh, so it's they're just building an inventory of names and and addresses, and it's it's not updated. And our election should be updated. We should be sending ballots to real people. Well, what we found yesterday through through Jay and another guy out of Florida, Jim Gleason, and I think it's Jim, and um, I may be wrong on the first name. I just met him yesterday, but he, but what they found was that, and there, and this is this is going to come out big in the next week. So this is I'm dropping some bombs here on your show. Okay, great. Great. Bonds. Big bonds. Good. Okay. So what's happened is they've identified that the Democrats, the sleazy, snaky, can I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a free speech platform. Gross Democrats that cheat at everything they can. You can't trust them. You know, they're the Adam Schiff's of the world. Oh, yeah. These guys um, and the Pelosi's. Anyways, these guys. Um, what they did in the 2022 election, and now we're, if we look back, I think we're going to find it all right. over the place. And it's related to those drops. And what they found is that in these voter rolls, they will. What's happening is somebody's going in and changing the addresses on, let's just say, thirty thousand people, right? And then sending out at the right before the ballots go out, the ballots go out. Before, before the month is over, someone changes those address, addresses back to the right address. But all these ballots go out. Now, if you're if you're a receiver, you don't notice that you didn't receive a ballot because you're getting all your mail. Right. 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 This is changing the ballots or the addresses only in the voter rolls. And so what happens then is these ballots get mailed out to locations that aren't real. And somehow... And we haven't, I don't think we've really fully addressed this yet. These ballots are coming back. And the post office, if they have right. an undeliverable, they should be bringing them back and then I guess forwarding them back to the uh, to the location where they were sent from. Now, we don't know what's happening there. There seems to be a black hole, but we do know that this is happening right before an election. We've got evidence and uh, not just of maybe 30,000, but we're also seeing maybe another 40,000 people whose after, whose zip codes changed just in that same time period, right. right before the ballots go out. So that is how they're getting 70,000 ballots right now. Now, that might happen in a smaller state, let's say, maybe not a medium-sized state. I'll just leave it at that. Right. Maybe that happened in a medium-sized state. Now, we look at Florida, and we see that in a typical four-year period of time, or more, maybe the most recent, we had maybe 25,000 people change their addresses. Florida's got like 15 million people on their, you know, in their voter rolls. It's a big state. Right. 25,000. So when you see 70,000 change in a more moderate-sized state in one month, it's very clear 
something very suspicious is going on. And we know this has happened. We know it happened in 2022. We know the states that this has happened, or the state, and now we're looking at other areas as well. Yes. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the bombshell. Um, And it's... It's a it's an expansion. What Joe Hoft was talking about there was an expansion upon this earlier article that the Gateway Pundit had published, the title being Finally, 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 National Group Uncovers Real-Time Democrat Election Fraud. Here's how they did it. And we talked about this on the show earlier. Um, so they allege that they have clear, definitive evidence that county election managers changed the zip code of 31,000 voters on September 3rd. The ballots were sent out uh, to these fake addresses. Somebody collected those ballots, and it's not clear who. I, I think I, I think Joe Hoft said that they haven't figured that part out yet, but I would imagine it's probably somebody within the U.S. Postal Service, right? So the ballots go out to these fake addresses. Someone collects those valid ballots, And then on September 15th, those addresses were quietly changed back. Now, here's the thing. Um, there's there's, There's several details missing here. We don't know what county or what state that they're talking about. But Joe Hoft was pretty clear that, judging by the fact that they, they slipped this, you know, 70,000 ballots little uh, snippet, into an article relating to Katie Hobbs, I'm going to have to assume that they're talking about Arizona and Maricopa County, right? But I'm not 100% sure about that. But apparently, uh, when this article was published, the number was 31,000. But it looks like there's a lot more than that. Now there's 70,000. And they have clear proof that these, these voters' addresses were changed, the ballots were sent out, uh, intercepted, the, the addresses were changed back, and nobody is able to catch that through the database, the National Change of Address database, right? Because changes like that, they, they don't they don't show up until two months later, right? So if you were to try to catch them, you wouldn't be able to catch them. But what this group has done is actually spent the money to purchase the voter rolls and uh, purchase the voter rolls several times leading up to an election. So they get updated information. And so they're able to see that, okay, on this date, the person's address was this. Then on September 3rd, it was changed. And then it was changed back. They can see this. They have clear, definitive proof. And they can also see that these voters on the voter rolls casted a mail-in ballot. Right? So this is this is pretty big. Um, you know, it, it's it's... It just goes to show you how vulnerable and easy it is to exploit our elections. You know, somebody, they say that this was election managers, but the reality is somebody could do this completely externally. A bad actor, we know that you can hack into the voter rolls remotely. We know that you can do that. It's actually been shown and proven. So you can hack into the voter rolls remotely and change addresses. And you can, like in the state of Wisconsin and in Florida... You can request somebody's mail-in ballot. So, with, with, with I think with just their name and date of birth. So, how easy would it be in Wisconsin, for, in, for instance, to hack the voter rolls, change the addresses, um, and then put it... All you need is the person's birthday, right? And if you have that information, it's so easy. 
So, um, you know, this is this is this is pretty big stuff. Pretty big stuff. And and here we have today's the day that they're going to certify the election in Arizona with you know, it, not just this, but also proof that the freaking machines broke down on election day and people were disenfranchised. And there's all there's all this evidence, but they they don't care about that. They don't care. They're criminals, they rig elections, and the people that are supposed to prosecute them are also, like Mark Burnovich, is also in the Attorney General's office as a result of this fraudulent system. So, you guys are right when you say, oh, well, you know, we have all the evidence in the world, but nothing's going to be done about it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm just as frustrated as you are. But it's still very important to expose this fraud. So, um, Joe Hoft, he says that more details are going to come out about this in the coming week. I wish that they would get this out there, you know, very, very soon. Because one thing we know is that there's only five days per Arizona statute, apparently. And I think this is just absolutely crazy. But according to Arizona statute, you can only challenge an election within the five day per- five days after the election has been certified. You only have five days. The election gets certified today. And if if anybody has a challenge to the results, it has to be filed in this week. <laughs> Anything outside of that is going to get thrown out by the courts. It's crazy. I mean, you know what that made me realize when I was looking at the Arizona statutes? Um, is that the entire Arizona audit was totally pointless. I mean, what was the point of doing an audit months after the election was certified if the statute says, even if you find fraud, even if you can prove that the election was stolen, there's nothing that can be done about it. It's the law. Crazy, right? I mean, I wish I'd have known that before we ever started that audit because I would have known it was a freaking waste of time. <laughs> but they didn't even, I mean, they didn't even give us the truth out of that audit. They told us that Joe Biden actually gained more votes. But even if they had told us the truth and said, yeah, the election was rigged, it wouldn't have mattered. It's, it's just, it's crazy, man. So anyways, there's that. We're going to wait for more details on that story. The Gateway Pundit has it all. Okay. And they're going to be publishing, I guess, the specifics about the actual county in the actual state uh, in, in the coming days. So we'll keep an eye out for that. And, of course, we'll report on it as the details emerge. Now, let's talk about Katie Hobbs' continued blatant corruption and, you know, acting like a dictator. We know that Katie Hobbs forced Cochise County to certify an election that they could not guarantee to their constituents was free, fair, and honest. They didn't want to certify they withheld certification, okay? But Katie Hobbs and Mark Elias went straight to the courts. They had a lawsuit ready to go because they were already anticipating Cochise possibly withholding certification. Uh, and they, they are, Mark Elias had that lawsuit drafted a week in advance. And as soon as they said, we're going to delay until December 2nd, Mark Elias, boom, filed that lawsuit. Katie Hobbs, boom, filed that lawsuit. And, of course, they won in the courts because there's this statute in Arizona. Uh, it's 16-642, which says that counties have to canvass an election within 20 days 
of the election. Okay, so there is a hard deadline. Uh, there is a hard deadline to certify. But Cochise County was like, how do you expect us to certify? We wanted to do a hand count. We wanted to hand count the ballots because we don't trust the machines, and we weren't allowed to. So now you want us to certify an election, which we can't trust. <laughs> I mean, you want us to be dishonest. But it didn't matter. Uh, the judge, they 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 sided with Mark Elias and Katie Hopps. Okay, so they actually complied with the judge's orders. But despite that, that's, despite that's what's that, going on. but oops. here's what happened yesterday. This big. Sorry, I, I do that all the time. When I switch, when I switch scenes, it like plays the video again. Sorry. So, anyways, Arizona Secretary of State is now urging an investigation of Cochise County after election certification refusal. The Arizona Secretary of State's office is calling for an investigation and appropriate enforcement action over two Cochise County supervisors who refused to certify results for the 2022 election. The office sent a a memo to Attorney General Mark Burnovich on December 2nd, claiming that Supervisors Tom Crosby and Peggy Judd potentially violated state law for not certifying the results by the November 28th deadline. Supervisors Crosby and Judd knew they had a statutory requirement to canvass the election by November 28th, but instead chose to act in violation of the law, putting false election narratives ahead of Cochise County's voters. This was written by Corey Lorick, the state elections director, um, in a memo to the attorney general. She goes on to say, quote, This blatant act of defying Arizona's election laws risks establishing a dangerous precedent that we must discourage. So, it's not enough. It's not enough for Katie Hobbs that she forced them to certify under duress, despite the fact that they didn't want to. She still wants them to be prosecuted. She still wants them to be punished. So she's calling on the attorney general to take action against them and I guess charge them with a class six felony and prosecute them. And you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Old Marky Mark Burnovich, nunchuck swinging cuck that he is, who's who's done nothing but prove to us that he's in on the fraud and his job is basically to just cover for the criminals. Um, you know, he's on his way out the door and it wouldn't surprise me that his I guess going away present to all to us all would be to prosecute the very people that tried to fight against the fraud. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest. But, you know, uh, regardless, the fact that according to Arizona's official canvassing results, the incoming the incoming attorney general is a freaking radical left Democrat. So let's say that Mark Burnovich doesn't prosecute them. Well, once Maez takes over, she might actually go after these people. <laughs> it's just ridiculous, man. I I said I said I would be prepared. I, I would watch for potentially uh, Tom Crosby and Peggy Judd being removed from office because that's what happened to the county commissioner out there in Otero, New Mexico. If you guys remember Coy Griffin, Cowboys for Trump, this guy uh, not only was not only was he forced to certify the election, but after that, 
he was removed from office by a judge for inciting an insurrection. I mean, he attended the protest at at the on January 6th and then he was prosecuted and they said that he was trying to overthrow the government and remove from office, which is something that literally hasn't happened since post Civil War era. That has never been used on an elected official since just after the Civil War and the Confederates. So this is the level of tyranny that we're living under. This is the level of corruption. And so I'm getting, like like I keep saying, I've gotten to the point where I just can't continue to hold my breath to wait for the courts to do something about this rigged election problem. Um, because they've, they've proven to us time and time again that they are only going to cover for the criminals. Right? So, um, Noel, 27, donated a dollar and says, donate one dollar or more. Thank you, Noel, 27. Trying to start a trend out there. I appreciate that, sir. But anyways, let's... So, so this is, this is crazy. Mark Burnovich is going to sit down with Katie Hobbs and Doug Ducey and certify a rigged election, despite the fact that his office... Jennifer Wright, the assistant attorney general, sent a letter demanding answers from Maricopa County, and they didn't comply with that letter. There were so many things that the, the their attorney failed to address and failed to answer to. So they're in the process of covering up their crimes and evading the attorney general's inquiry, and yet Mark Burnovich is still going to sit down with Katie Hobbs and certify an election. Please tell me how that makes sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Um, Mark Mark Burnovich is literally... He's, he's complicit. He's complicit in their crimes. Okay, so we're talking about the certification. Let's talk about this Josh Barnett injunction. Okay, Josh Barnett... Um, he ran for office in Arizona. He's, he's ran multiple times. He's very popular within the, uh, you know, election fraud grassroots uh, grassroots fight to, to, hell, what am I trying to say? He's very popular amongst us, the grassroots fighters against this election fraud, right? And so he actually filed an, an injunction on November 29th to stop the certification in Arizona. And it was it was very brilliant what he did. He represented himself as an Arizona voter, which per the Arizona Constitution gives him the most standing, more so than anybody else, more so than a candidate. The Arizona Constitution gives the citizens of Arizona and the voters standing. Okay, so he didn't have an attorney. He represented himself, and he filed a very short, very concise, and very brilliant injunction to stop the certification, right? The basis of his argument was very simple. He was not arguing fraud. He was arguing maladministration. That there was, there was a, um, you know, because fraud implies that there was intent. There was a, a legal activity conducted to rig an election with intent. Okay? But it's very hard to prove that. What's easy to prove is that the election was completely chaotic and botched. 
So his argument was that the election was chaotic and that there was maladministration. And this was actually admitted on record to the corporate press by the board chairman, Bill Gates. He literally said it to the media that we had a chaotic election. Okay. And so in his, in, in Josh Barnett's legal filing, the injunction, he said, that's all the evidence that you need to know that there was maladministration. The board chairman saying that there was chaos. That, sh- that should be enough that this election cannot be certified with confidence. So he, 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 he said that it, it was like a four-page injunction. Very short, very concise, very brilliant. But he also included some exhibits. The exhibits included statements from Stephen Richer that conflict with the Arizona statutes and election procedure manual. He also included the letter from Assistant Attorney General Jennifer Wright outlining the laws that were broken and admittedly broken. Jennifer Wright actually said in her letter that, hey, through Bill Gates and Stephen Richards' official modes of communication, meaning through their official Twitter pages and the county's website, they are admitting to breaking the law. And so he included like 10 exhibits and he basically just proved that they didn't follow their own process in the election. They, they broke the law. The election was chaotic. So it was a damn good argument. And any honest judge would take one look at this and say, yeah, they broke the law and this election can't be certified. But despite that, the judge dismissed the case and said that basically Arizona statute says that you can't challenge an election until it's already been certified. Sorry, sorry, you can't stop the certification and you also can't challenge an election if it's if if you challenge it more than 5 days after the certification it's crazy arizona law is just absolutely crazy so <laughs> so you can't file an injunction to stop the certification of a rigged election you can't stop these people from committing crimes but once they commit the crime then you only have a 5 day window of opportunity to, to challenge them on it. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. It's nuts. And um, the the judge actually cited a court decision prior, uh, in, in a prior election, where the lawsuit that was brought by an Arizona voter was thrown out because they waited until two months after the certification. So the judge was like, um, trying trying to make this argument that you have to file within this five-day window and cited a case that was thrown out that was brought two months after an election. And and Josh Barnett was like, that's irrelevant because that's talking about a situation where the election challenge was brought after the certification. I'm seeking an injunction to prevent the certification in the first place. So, So Josh Barnett is challenging this decision. But I have to be honest with you, given the fact that I'm pretty sure Arizona is going to be certifying in like 30 minutes. I forget what the exact time is, but they're going to be certifying today. Um, I'm pretty sure that this in this given that this has already been dismissed, excuse me, given that this has already been dismissed and they're going to certify in a few minutes here. I'm pretty sure that this injunction is not going to be granted. And that's not Josh's fault, but this is the this is the system that we're in. So, in 
but but here's the good news. Okay, the good news is that the judge dismissed this with without prejudice, which means that it can be refiled again. And basically the judge was just saying you have to wait. Just like they told Abraham Hamaday, the attorney general uh, Republican nominee for Attorney General Abraham Hamaday filed a lawsuit challenging the election a couple weeks ago, and it was dismissed because it was premature. And so Carrie Lake seems to have the right strategy here. She's the only one that has brought the issue up and said, we can't challenge the results until it's certified. So the fact that they're going to go ahead and certify today is not necessarily the the worst thing in the world because per Arizona statute we have to wait anyway so Kerry Lake is planning to challenge this election Abraham Hamaday is is planning to refile his lawsuit once it's certified and Josh Barnett said in his injunction that if they do go ahead and certify I'm still going to challenge it so there's three legal challenges that we know of now I'm not again holding my breath on the courts um but I don't want you guys to despair about the fact that they are certifying. Because um, strategically, they have to. Strategically, they have to certify. So it's not the end of the world. Kevin C. Wall says, so frustrating. Yeah, damn right it is. It's it's very frustrating. Oh, but his, he says they already certified. So there you go. I didn't know what time they were going to certify, but apparently they already have. So it's a done deal. Now all these legal challenges can be brought. Now, real quick, if you guys wouldn't mind smashing that rumble button and also subscribing to this channel where we're we're attempting to go live every single day with the exception of Saturday. And I'm trying to get on a schedule here. I'm working on it. I'm not very good at that kind of thing. Uh, but right now I'm working on like getting it into a window where I'm going to go live between maybe 11 and 1 o'clock every weekday and Sunday. That's what I'm trying to do, okay? Don't, don't hold me to it. But... If you want to stay tuned, uh, make sure you subscribe and also turn notifications on. So, CJ Talk says, hope I'm not blackpilling, but it's going to be an uphill battle. It certainly is. It certainly is. I mean, what more? We've We've been doing this for two years. We've been doing this for two years. And the courts have dismissed... Pretty much every single election challenge that was ever brought. Not pretty much. Literally. Every single one. And what did they dismiss it for? Lack of standing. Lack of standing. Almost every single time. They tell you that you don't have standing in your own elections. And you know what the real problem here is? It's not so much the courts. Okay? I know that sounds crazy, but it's not so much the courts. It's the way that these legislators have written the law. This fraud is baked into the system. I'm telling you. The fraud is built into the system. The way that the Secretary of State is the only person that can conduct an, an a post-election audit, that's baked into the system. The fact that the Secretary of State writes the election procedure manual, which are the rules that all the election officials have to follow... She's the one that writes that procedure manual. The fact that you can only challenge an election within a five-day period, that is completely bogus. I mean, think about it. Just think how crazy this is. So you mean to tell me 
you, you have a, you have an election with millions and millions of voters, and you're going to give me what less than a month to uncover all of the fraud, and I have to bring a challenge within a five day window. So you mean to tell me that on day six, after that little window, if I were to find a, a video of election officials literally taking Trump ballots by the thousands and lighting them on fire and dancing around the fire pit and screaming, you know, death to Trump, that I couldn't bring that as a lawsuit? I couldn't challenge the election? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's baked into the system. It's built in. So if we want to fix this, it's not just about these courts and these judges, it's also about the legislators. It's about the legislature, the laws. We, we need real election reform. And it's not just getting rid of the Dominion machines. It's not just uh, reducing the mail-in ballot system. It's not just that. We have to rewrite the law regarding how uh, elections can be challenged, how elections are audited, the level of transparency, making it the law. That you have to provide all of these documents and logs within a specific time. If you're going to tell me that I only have five days to challenge an election, then when I submit a FOIA request and I want to, I want the documents, the logs, I want the chain of custody documents, well, you should only have five days to get it to me. You shouldn't be able to take six months and say, oh, we're just bogged down. We don't have time for that. No. Why is there this double standard? The bad actors, the deep state, they can take six months to give you a chain of custody document. And and, and in the meantime, they can destroy all the evidence. (laughs) I mean, remember the Delaware County lawsuit that was filed by Leah Hoops, uh, Gregory Stenstrom, and Stephanie Lambert, their attorney? Do you guys remember the amount of evidence that they had in that lawsuit? They had the election warehouse manager... I think it was his name was Jim Savage or James Allen. I'm not sure. But, but, but they had these, these two guys on camera. They basically had a sting operation. Here's what they did. After the election, they submit FOIA requests. Um, you know, they, they, they submit FOIA requests for chain of custody documentations, the logs, and all this stuff. And they had an insider that had a camera attached to their body, hidden, okay? And they were they went back there with James Allen and Jim Savage and recorded these guys on camera saying, well, I guess we got to have a little bonfire. We got we to gotta burn up the evidence. We got to get rid of the pad and the second scanner. They, they, they caught these guys red-handed. And these were exhibits in the lawsuit. But yet the judge said, sorry, you lack standing. Sorry, you don't have any standing. <laughs> I mean, so so you want to tell me that the fraud isn't built into the system? I mean, we need we need it to be clear in the law that we have standing in our elections. It should be law that election Okay. Remember when there was all these cases with the Supreme Court at the time that they certified the 2020 election? There were the Supreme Court refused to expedite those cases prior to January 6th, the certification. 
Tell me how that makes sense and tell me how that's legal. The, the courts should have to address challenges to elections in an expedited fashion. They should have to look at these cases before the elections are certified. Okay? And, I mean, how can you have outstanding court cases and go on to certify an election? It doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. So if we ever want to see real change... It really has to come from the legislature because these laws were written while nobody was paying any attention. They installed the Dominion machine apparatus. They, they, they installed the mass scale mail-in voting system. They, while, while nobody was paying attention for years, they were working on centralizing control of the voter rolls through Eric. And they did this over the course of decades, right? With the introduction of the HAVA act and all this stuff, um, all this was happening under our noses, but also what was happening was they were rewriting the law, the statutes across the states, so that if you were to ever challenge their fraud, then you get beat in the courts. They don't even necessarily have to buy off all these judges. I mean, we just kind of assume, we kind of assume that they're all getting bribed or threatened or coerced or something. Not necessarily, because when I read these, when I read these judges' dismissals, I see the statutes that they cite, and I'm like, damn, the judge is actually right. That's what the statute says. And the judge can't make a decision that violates the statute. I mean, so sometimes the judge is just blatantly corrupt, like what happened with Cochise, where they said they couldn't do a hand count. That's an example of a judge just being blatantly corrupt, or the judge that sanctioned Carrie Lake's attorneys for even bringing a case challenging the Dominion machines. But some of the time, when I look at the, the judge's dismissal, I look at it and I say, you know what? The judge actually has a point. And it's not the judge's problem that that's what the statute says. Man, CJ talks, talking about McCarthy. Screw McCarthy, man. Boy, I don't think any of us thought changing the subject here. I don't think any of us thought prior to these midterms that we we would be sitting here having this political discussion about whether or not it's strategically sound to all get behind Kevin McCarthy because we wouldn't want the Democrats to subvert the the House Speaker gavel by trying to elect an America first House Speaker. Did did any of us expect to have that conversation? You got Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene out here saying we all need to unite behind Kevin McCarthy, because if not, then they the Democrats might collude with a couple of rhinos and elect Liz Cheney, or worse, Nancy Pelosi. Boy, I didn't see that one coming when we were talking about, it's going to be a red bloodbath. It's going to be an epic blowout, un- unlike anything we've ever seen before. Yeah. <laughs> but then again... Uh, then again, it dawned on me that nothing has changed since the 2020 election. If anything, it's gotten worse. The fraud apparatus is alive and well. And they rigged the primaries right in front of our eyes. We saw what happened to Tina Peters. Uh, we, we, we saw what happened to a lot of these candidates in the primaries. And so what were we thinking? I mean, myself included. What was I thinking? If they're rigging the primaries, they're probably going to rig the midterms. CJ Talk says McCarthy will cover for the deep state. You're absolutely right. I mean, let's think about this. 
The Democrats subverting the House Speaker gavel and electing Liz Cheney isn't that much different than us getting McCarthy for Speaker, now is it? I mean, McCarthy for Speaker is a win for the Democrats. He's part of the same uniparty. He is the GOP establishment. Him and Mitch McConnell are like the poster children for the GOP establishment in the uniparty. So if if, if we're going to say we need to unite behind McCarthy so that the Democrats don't take our House Speaker gavel, well, they already did. If you, if you unite behind McCarthy, they've already won. So it's really a lose-lose situation. And you know what is kind of odd, strange, is, is, is that the fact that Trump endorsed Kevin McCarthy for Speaker. I didn't see that one coming. And I have to say, President Trump, I love the man. Um, but, but the thing is, his continued support for Kevin McCarthy is one of the things that just baffles me. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't claim to understand it. Maybe there's 5D chess going on. I don't know. But I certainly don't understand his continued support for Kevin McCarthy. And the whole idea that, like, you have guys like Matt Gates, uh, you have guys like Jim Jordan. These guys say that they're not going to get behind McCarthy and they want somebody better, right? But when you when you have Donald Trump endorsing Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker, it makes it really hard to get any sort of movement or traction in getting people behind an America First uh, candidate. Because Donald Trump is the leader of the America First movement. So if he's for McCarthy then that's that's it's going to be pretty difficult to get the votes for somebody else because you got the GOP establishment for McCarthy and you've also got Trump for McCarthy so it's going to be McCarthy I, I hate to say it I hate to say it his hiring record sucks says Jetty 621 that is his Achilles heel his Achilles heel is trusting the wrong people I don't think anybody can deny that Donald Trump um you know but but it's 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 also, it could be a strategic thing. I, w- I, w- I would open that possibility because Kevin McCarthy, as much as we hate him, he's like the top dog in terms of GOP fundraising. I mean, this dude controls the purse strings. He's the guy that raises the most money, more, more exponentially more than anybody else for the GOP. Now, of course, that money gets used to prop up uh, establishment candidates, but at the same time, He's the kingpin in the GOP in terms of the purse strings, right? So Trump, I think, strategically may actually, in a sense, need Kevin McCarthy uh, in order to to secure that GOP nomination for 2024. Now, I don't I don't really like that concept, but it is it makes more sense than he just doesn't know what he's doing. I think he does know what he's doing. And I think there's a reason for it. CJ Talk says Trump may be trapping Kevin. Well, <laughs> I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, we've had a long time to trap him. We've had a really, really long time to trap him. If he was trying to trap him, I would think he would have done it by now. But I, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. You know, I don't. I tend to use Occam's. Excuse me. I t- I tend to use Occam's razor with stuff like that. 
geez, I'm burpy today. I tend to use Occam's razor and go with the simplest explanation because often the simplest explanation is the correct one. Super Buff Shaft says it's a trap. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Another two more weeks, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now I'm just kidding. Two more weeks to flatten the deep state. Now, guys, we're coming towards that hour mark. If you guys could smash the rumble button and subscribe to this channel, as well as share this broadcast, that would be greatly appreciated. We're going to be going live every day this week. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, we're going to go live every day this week, sometime around noon-ish. Noon-ish. I, I can commit to that. Okay, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say 12.30 p.m., but I will say noon-ish. Does that work? SM26 says, doesn't matter until the cartel in America is destroyed. Yeah, we got big problems on our hands, man. I start, I'm starting to wonder if we can fix this corruption within the political framework. And uh, a lot of evidence is leaning towards, no, we cannot. And the Constitution clearly says... That we have the right to reform and abolish government, you know, basically whenever we want to. <laughs> and I think it's come high time. It's come high time. Rock Crusher fourteen says McCarthy is a rhino. Brother, you're 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 preaching to the choir here. McCarthy's the same guy that said the election. He was like the first one to say the election wasn't stolen. And there was also those leaked audio recordings following January 6th, where McCarthy, you know, being the weak, wimpy wiener that he is, was saying that he was going to call on Trump to resign. And so so he's... He, so Trump continuing to support him, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, man. Just don't make no sense. But it is what it is, and it ain't what it ain't, folks. And that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. SM26 says he's scamming us. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's scamming us? McCarthy is definitely scamming us. He was... I mean, the, the, the Republican Party... McCarthy received those FTX funds. You know, he was in, he was in on the scam to take your tax dollars, federal tax dollars, send them over to Ukraine... And Ukraine launder them back to the Democrats in the midterms. McCarthy and McConnell, both in on that scheme, on that scam. So, yeah, he's definitely a rhino, all right. He also sabotaged a bunch of candidates in the midterms, as well as McCarthy, um, McConnell. All the, all the deep state bastards, their names start with Mick. <sighs> all right, so... We're going to wrap this up. I want to thank you guys for watching. Smash that rumble button, subscribe, and make sure to tune in tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the day after that. That's This has been Nickel Bob Crane with Just the News. And I will see you next time.